Thank you for downloading the PR Week, PR Week's weekly podcast. For more podcasts as well as breaking news, visit PRWeek.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to PR Decoded. PR Decoded. Really fantastic to be back in Chicago after three long years since the last one. I'm going to dig into a lot of topics around purpose, one of the most relevant topics in business and communications, lots of elements to talk about from employee engagement to DE&I to business transformation to the interaction of marketing and comms and so much more. I want to introduce our first panel. It's all about integrated marketing and communications, a winning formula. It first started with, this is not about us. It's, not, it's about you, our small businesses. It's about you being unstoppable. And that came through to our purpose as well. Our purpose is not about us. It's about our world, moving our world forward. We've got a great panel coming up next. We're going to analyze why brands should step up to the plate and get involved in social issues in the first place. I always start with my team asking two simple questions. The first is, do we have the right to show up in the space? Okay, so are we credible? The second piece for me is what role do we play? Some really great topics we're going to cover for the rest of the afternoon, starting with this one, the war on truth, overcoming the trust deficit. Next session picks up on the topic of diversity and inclusion. We've got a senior level discussion among in-house comms leaders about the true essence of purposeful business and communications. We can do this. We can engage more corporations. We can tell them how important it is that they not just play to people and and advertise to people with disabilities and include people with disabilities in their advertising, but hire them. The further that you delve into the disability community, the more that it connects with many of your other brands and customers and employees. There are six criteria that we look at for every issue if we're being asked to sign a pledge, take a stand, and we look at does it match our values? Is it going to help us better serve customers? Is it something that we have expertise in? And do we have agency? Can we really affect change? What are the risks and rewards? And then how will it affect the other stakeholders? Good evening and welcome from Haymarket Media and PR Week to the fourth annual Purpose Awards. Are you all happy to be at a live event in Chicago and celebrating with us? Congratulations to everyone who entered. The quality of the submissions was stellar and inspiring. The entries, the shortlists, the honorable mentions, and the winners truly represent benchmarks. A big thanks to our chair of jury, Katie Boylan, chief communications officer at Target. When faced with an environment that is tinged with uncertainty and challenging us with complex matters, it is purpose that really becomes the guiding light home. Let's start the night off with our first award for best accessibility. Our next award is for best advocacy, best B2B. Purpose is a word that is easy to insert into a press release. You can put it on a poster and place it in the hallways of our corporations, but you all know that real purpose runs much, much deeper. The winner is Degree Unilever and Edelman International Rescue Committee, Corona, AB InBev, Allison and Partners, and We Believers. Reviewing this year's submissions reinforced my belief 
that our industry can be a force for good. The next presentation is for best fundraising, best proof of authenticity, most purposeful agency pro. Through our work, we can illuminate opportunities and build communities to tackle some of the world's toughest problems. On to our final award of the night. The winner of most purposeful activation is Vaseline, Unilever, and Edelman. Hello from Chicago. This is Frank Washcook, executive editor at PR Week. We had a terrific week here at PR Decoded and the Purpose Awards. And I spoke with a few of our panelists once their sessions concluded, and we'll get to those guests in a moment. But first, the week started with a great visit to a school on the south side where PR Week partnered with Gen Youth and Midwest Dairy to provide a grab-and-go breakfast cart in an effort to help schools combat food insecurity. We all know how drunk you would get breakfast, right? I know that. And can't reach an essential, you can't get things done, you can't learn unless you get a full stomach. So PR Week has uh, worked with Gen Youth to put breakfast cards into schools and help in a little way to help you study and help you learn and reach your potential. A special guest showed up to spend time with the kids and participate in the ribbon cutting ceremony. That's former Chicago Bears wide receiver Anthony Morgan. I'm looking at the next generation of leaders in front of me. Can I just get like a Go Bears real loud, real quick. One, two, three. Go That's what I've been talking about. If I came on enough, I want a way to come here to be with you, and I'm excited to be here with you because I know that we are in this place here to make sure you have a great start of your day with breakfast. And I'm here with the Fear of the Day Six on behalf of them. They partner with the youth. The NFL and Midwest Dairy, and they partner because they have a goal and they care about you. And now for a few conversations with some of our panelists from 2022 PR Decoded Purpose Evolved. Let's get the show started. I want to introduce our first panel. It's all about integrated marketing and communications, a winning formula. We're going to get the perspectives of a top marketer and communicator, a Fortune 50 company and the biggest uh, package delivery company in the world on how they live up to their purpose on a day-to-day basis. We're here with two of the participants in our keynote fireside chat uh, from UPS. That's Laura Lane. She's the EVP and Chief Corporate Affairs Officer and Chris Byrne, the President of Marketing Operations at UPS. So welcome to both of you. When you were doing your keynote chat, I was struck in how much you were talking about marketing and communications strategy, but towards employees, and how much you were targeting employees with your messages and really put, making them the focus of what you were talking about as a company throughout the pandemic. It was not some corporate slug line. It was actually something where we reached out to our people, did a series of focus groups from our frontline freeloaders to our drivers to our IT professionals to, um, you know, folks all across the organization and said, what wakes, like, what excites you about being a part of UPS? What is it that um, makes you a UPSer? Um, what is your passion when you come to work every day? And when you think about it, you think, oh, UPS, we deliver packages. And yet what we found out is our UPSers brought life to our purpose statement by helping us come up with the words. 
They said, we're all about moving. We're all about delivering for our world. We're about delivering what matters. And that's about more than just a package. Laura, why, why is that? Well, our company is a people-led company, and our company um, represents all these amazing drivers and preloaders and, you know, the behind-the-scenes engineers and IT professionals who are a part of delivering what matters around the world. And so when we came up with our purpose statement of moving our world forward by delivering what matters, we let our people um Give it life. Um, give it uh, that 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 sense of what it means to be a UPSer, and it was really powerful because it came from their hearts and minds in terms of their why they show up every day to deliver great service. Yeah, and I, I, Laura said, people led. We're, we're customer first and innovation driven as well. So to be customer first in a services business, that's all about your people. It's all about UPSers. And so it's really ensuring that our product, our service is, is fully uh, in, embracing our purpose. And that's why communicating both in, internally and externally is so important. I'm struck by when I talk to CCOs or when I talk to people on the in-house side of the business, just how much time they say they're spending on employee-facing communications or how much time they've spent on it over the past couple of years. Uh, would you say it's the majority of what you do now, Laura, or... or- just a, a much larger percentage. I'd say it's a bigger part of um, what we do in communicating our story. When I think about a lot of our external communications and our media relations, all of it is derived out of stories about our people or stories about our engagement in communities and how we are empowering or lifting up people in other parts of not just this country, but around the world. And so um, as uh, to a certain extent, we are driving employee communications, but making it all outward facing and everything that we do through our storytelling. One small example, a critical ad campaign that we've we've developed in our running is called Be Unstoppable. And that was all about small and medium sized businesses and what we could do to help them be unstoppable in, in their businesses. However, it's also come full circle as an internal mantra about us as UPSers and how unstoppable we can be. And it's an example, I think, of what you're saying about how internal and external can come together. Last question. What are the tips you might have for how a marketing and a communications department can work together, not step on each other's toes, really work hand in hand throughout the whole process? Well, I was going to say it starts from uh, a shared mission, a shared purpose in many respects, but um, recognition of the different skill sets and um, responsibilities that you have within an enterprise, but how you can bring those talent and, um, you know, opportunities for messaging and storytelling together. And I think through the partnership that we have at UPS between marketing and communications, we have been able to do more than just just market our brand, but we've been able to tell the story of the brand through our people, our customers, and the innovation that we're driving, um, you know, through our through our company. Yeah, I, I 100% agree, and I think it all starts there, like you said, with the shared mission and, and, and purpose, and just a couple other things. We have a process to work together, shared calendar, and so that we're always kind of in line and, and aligned with uh, what we'll do together out there in the market, and then. The other thing is sharing talent back and forth our organizations, you know, sometimes similar skill sets, sometimes complementary. 
And so sharing that talent across can uh, expand those relationships and effectivity as well. All right. Laura, Chris, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks. Got a great panel coming up next. We're going to analyze why brands should step up to the plate and get involved in social issues in the first place. Brought to you in partnership with Weber Shandwick. It's titled Transform and Deliver. Why brands must join the cultural conversation and influence action. All right. Susan Howe, Weber Shamrock's president, is here with us. So, Susan, just came off stage. Thanks for joining us. Great morning so far. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we think it's been great so far. So what is the agency perspective on what your clients are looking for in terms of purpose now? And, you know, coming out of the, well, I shouldn't be so fast to say coming out of the pandemic, but you know what I mean. At this stage of the pandemic, what what do clients want in terms of purpose? Yeah, I hope... Hope we're on the other side yeah, of the too. pandemic. Um, our clients today are really looking for being part of the solution. And I think what we are seeing from clients are truly making change, business, long term business change as purpose. Like it's no longer the era of pop up purpose yeah. where you do. A marketing event with a cause, but rather business changing purpose needs. So if you think about, uh, we work with AB InBev, Mm -hmm. Contract for Change is a long-term commitment to changing farming. So that one is uh, an incredible program where you invest in three years to get to organic farming. Yeah. Tell us a little more about that campaign. Yeah. I mean, one super proud to be part of. AB InBev recognized the need to support organic farming. And they establish what they call contract for change. So in organic farming, it takes three years for the land to turn over to be able to be classified as organic farming. So they contract with farmers three years back to say, we'll buy your crop at the other side. So it's this long-term look that I think our clients are really taking because they recognize their place in culture and in community is to to make the changes and not just watch them and not just communicate about them. That's a great campaign, and I guess you have no other choice for it to be long-term. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, so. You're signed in for three years. It's, it's, it's also awesome. Along the way, for the, because they have to reduce their crop size, I'm going uh, way into the weeds, pun intended, AB and Bev. We fits. love to hear about beer here. It's, <laughs> um, it's, it Fitz and I, Fitz, our producer, who's behind the camera, and I were just talking about beer a few minutes ago. Yeah, I mean, so. always. Yeah. Uh, but they commit to a higher price for the crop that you have while you're transitioning. So yeah. it it really is, it's a partnership, which I think is, I think that to me is a powerful example of purpose in action when the community, the stakeholder, the brand come together. We are talking a lot today and tomorrow about culture and uh, how purpose fits into that. And I, you know, on the agency side, how do you, how do you also do that internally? How do you build culture? How do you build purpose among your team in Chicago? Oh, amazing. Um, Well, for us, I feel so uh, lucky to be a part of a team that has a relentless uh, drive mm-hmm. for dynamic change. I mean, that is who we are, but also a supportive team structure. Yeah. As an agency, though, we really rely on sharing and living 
our values as the way we judge each other and hold each other accountable. Mm -hmm. So we've expressed them, we've refined them, and we are getting to a mode of more perpetual listening to see how our employees answer back about how we're doing. Um, I do think the pandemic gave us a different way of connecting as people. And while there's so much I want to leave behind, like staying in my house yeah. <laughs> um, for three weeks straight or however long, three months, I do want to continue to be much closer and real with each other. So our culture is is built on some of those factors and on getting the feedback along the way about how we're doing. Okay. You know, um, we were just talking a little bit about Chicago before we started recording, and you, you were making the case for more PR Week events in Chicago, and we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm glad to be in Chicago. I said that I think every... Um, Every PR week event from now on should be in Chicago, who's with me, Um, because it's such a vibrant uh, communications community. I don't want to make any promises on air, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But um, what what is your case for Chicago as an agency town, whether it's PR agencies across the board? Chicago is such an exciting business community right now. And it's a great agency town and it's a great center companies town. So I I think that our strategic communications community here is incredibly connected, supportive and pushing the agency pushing the industry forward. Mm-hmm. So I I think more and more should happen in Chicago because there is innovation happening on every corner. An incredible tech hub but also maybe our scale or our attitude as so-called second city has had us come together and form a stronger bond. So we, we, we support each other and stand up for each other. I was going to ask you what makes it different than New York, but you just sort of made the case there. So. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's uh, a potential chip on our shoulder about second city. I've never thought, felt that. I feel we are uh, first best in, best in class and flagship. But I do think there is uh, our scale enables us to truly be connected as a community. What kind of, um, you know, purpose led or or purpose driven work are you looking forward to doing over the next couple of years? You Um, see it trending in any way? Yeah, I mean, I talked about the long term impact. That is a trend that I it is here to stay. And I see many, many clients planting those seeds, uh, no pun intended, for the future. Another trend that we're watching is clients taking um, what used to be called an experiment Mm -hmm. and turning it into their best practice. So inviting more input from different stakeholders to experiment with ways to change. And I think the biggest trend, though, is actually solving real problems Mm. so you can have what we used to call cause marketing as a way to connect um, a brand or business but i i think the macro trend for all of us is we actually have to make change we actually have to solve the problems that are in this world so that's those are the things that we're watching experiencing and you know helping our clients through 
All right, Susan Howe from Weber Shenwick, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Good to yeah, see you. Yeah, absolutely. Please join me in welcoming our speakers to the stage. Kristen Campos, VP Corporate Affairs at Mars Food North America. Kristen, welcome on the special edition of Thank the PR you. Week. Thank you. From Chicago. Um, yes. It's great to have you here. So you are so you were on, I think, one of the most interesting, they're all interesting, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but one of the most interesting panels we had today about uh, overcoming the trust deficit included a lot about misinformation, disinformation. So I think the first thing you have to bear in mind is you need to be disciplined, right? You have to be able to, um, first of all, identify the source and determine whether or not it's a, it's a credible source of misinformation. I think you said like sometimes emotions get play in, into this, right? Is it um, somebody who is, you know, innocently expressing their opinion? Is it a bot? Is it, you know? So I think, you know, identifying the source, identifying kind of the intent behind it is important. I don't necessarily think of Mars when I think of fighting misinfo or disinfo, but I'd be wrong in a hurry, wouldn't I, if I said that, because everybody's affected by this. Absolutely. So, um, what issues have you had to step in and yeah. correct disinformation on the internet? Yeah, sure. So I think uh, a really good example is the rebrand of our. Um, Uncle Ben's to Ben's original. Um, it was, you know, a 70 plus year old iconic brand with a huge fan base, lots of loyal Ben's users. And when we decided to evolve and change the brand, we knew it would be controversial we, yeah. for many people, of course. Um, there's a lot of passion behind the brand and a lot of opinions out there. Um, and so when we announced, we, we saw the controversy or, you know, come up and the, the opinions rise online through our consumer channels, through um, even through some media. Uh, I think you have to be really selective, though, in when you you respond. When emotion is, is heated and it's not necessarily... Um, it's, it's more opinion than it yeah. is factual. It's not something you need to step into. Yeah, that's um, that was an excellent point on the panel about where do brands have a right to say something, an obligation? What's your point of view on that? Well, my point of view of that is um, you absolutely need to know where do you have a right to play. Um, I think that uh, when you look at your brand, your company, you have to look at your credibility as well. Do you have a well-supported reason for being part of the conversation? Is your internal environment uh, the foundation that can really take an external stance, right? Um, or are there gaps there? And if you take a stand, you have to also consider what might be the unintended consequences. Um, what, who, you know, there may obviously be people who don't agree. Um, there may be, um, you may step into some challenges in markets other than the market where you operate, where you're not necessarily um, completely familiar. So you really have to do your homework and you really have to look at, do we have a right? Is this the right place for us to have the conversation? When you look back at the transition to Ben's original, um, any lessons learned from it? Anything you, you go, wow, I wish we knew this six months ago or a year ago or anything like that? Oh, wow. That's a really great question. I, I think that there's always there's always going to be things that you wish you, you'd known. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, I would have tweaked some of the language. I probably would have gone a little stronger on some of the messaging. Okay. I think the other thing was um, the one thing we did really well was to listen. We, we announced, yes, we're going to evolve. Mm -hmm. um, and then we paused um, and we took the time to get out there, listen to our associates, listen to consumers, 
listen to our stakeholders, listen to media to really get a sense for how are we going to change and what actions will we take to support the change? I think yeah. the actions are probably or definitely more important than um, the change itself. Fair enough. Kristen, thanks for joining us. Glad you're here in Chicago with us. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the PR Week. To find more episodes, visit prweek.com.